0: This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Durenda. All right, we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first Laravel News Podcast of twenty eighteen. I am in a hotel in Chicago. It is ten o'clock. I have just rocked my seventh month old son to bed for the fourth time tonight. And <laughs> he woke up as soon as I left the room, of course, because those hotel room of doors course. are so loud.
1: So yeah. the reason
0: for our being in a hotel in Chicago is we're going to Disney tomorrow, which is awesome. I'm really excited about mm-hmm. that. First time. Yeah. You uh, very you visit- important. Yeah, tell me. Yeah,
2: very important question that I need to, to ask on behalf of my wife. Let's hear it. Are you going to Anaheim or are you going to Florida?
0: <laughs> We're going to Florida.
2: Okay, cool.
0: So it's yeah. because it's, it's Disneyland and Disney World, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. So we are going to Disney World. So we're gonna meet up with Matt Stouffer while we're there. Yeah, oh. just that's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you won't hear this. I don't think in time for it to matter at all. Anyway, but we'll be there. I haven't reached out to him, but that'd be funny. I don't think he lives anywhere near there.
2: No, I think when when we were over there, they're they're like an hour and a half or two hours north um, where he sure. is. So yeah,
1: yeah.
2: it was a bit bit of a thing, bit of a bit of yeah. a journey to get there.
0: Uh oh well, oh well, that's okay. So uh, if if I will apologize in advance for the lack of quality of the audio, and you may hear some uh, '90s pop songs playing in the background here because hotel music is always so good. Yeah, um, that's what's going on right now. And that or, reminds like, me. Elevated, elevated yeah, that doors, reminds me. And, and
2: speaking of of like ele- of uh, hotel music. When I was at the W in New York for Laracon, every time I got into the lift, I pulled out my phone and shazammed the music that was playing. Uh, it was good, right? I mean, you would remember it was It was pretty good. So I might have it to it wasn't dig up all of those tunes from Shazam and put together a playlist on Spotify or something so that I can yeah, relive, that's a great idea. relive the hotel.
0: That's a good idea. That was really fun this year, wasn't it? I was just it thinking was. about that the other day. I was like, uh, my one coworker, I remember one night I got back to the hotel and it's like 1 a.m. And he's not there. And I'm like, where the heck is Michael? Like, not you, Michael. My <laughs> yeah, coworker Michael. And I'm like, where is he? And it's like 1 o'clock, like one thirty, like 2 o'clock. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm getting worried because I've texted him. And he hasn't finally gets back like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, where were you? He's like, oh, man, I walked down to like Manhattan. <laughs> like, you know, down to like, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, Freedom Tower. Like, he walked all the way down there. And then walked back and he was just enjoying the city, I guess. Like yeah. you're a wild man. Anyway, that was How's fun. A big it was really fun. <laughs> it was, yeah. So hey, we've got a lot of stuff that's happened since the last time we have had our podcast, and you so kindly put together a kind of a hit list of things that we're gonna try and cover here. So uh, thanks for doing that, number one. And number two, uh, we might as well get started, huh?
2: Let's let's fly through it.
0: All right, here we go. What about 5.5.2.3 was released? Let's take a look at that. We've got a... Uh, the thing that you highlighted for me here is first wear. Let's talk about that.
2: Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's, for all of these things, I've taken the exciting looking bits and pieces. Um, there's obviously always lots of changes and fixes and, and new features added. But these these because there's so many of them and because it's been a few weeks since we were recorded last, we want to get through it all. So... The one that struck me for 5523 was this first where method. So a lot of times you would write a database query where you would have a where statement on that and then uh, you would yes. then call first, which is, you know, it's fine. It works. We've been doing it for quite some time. It's not a problem, but I think we're getting to the point now where it's all about optimizing readability and expressiveness of syntax. So instead of doing where, you know, where condition and then arrow first, you can now just do first where and pass the conditions straight into that into that method it's a little cleaner it looks a bit nice it reads well for sure and you know it's it's just a few less keystrokes for you to deal with
0: yeah i love that it does read really cleanly uh and that's in five five great i'm gonna use that man that's awesome yeah. awesome okay thanks five dot five dot two three we also had five dot five dot two five i'm going to pull that up give me one second mm. here, we
2: skipped five five two four only because there was not anything of note in there but definitely check out well, the changelog. There was no post for this on Laravel News, so check out the changelog. We'll link that up in the show notes directly to um, the the GitHub sort of releases area where where it's all. Um, the GitHub releases area is a good place to look if you want to keep track of what's happening. Uh, Till Cruz Crus does a great job of of keeping those up to date for us.
0: Thanks, Till. A beastly bear of a man. If you've ever met him, he's he's
2: he's, he's got, enormous.
0: He's got a he's got a man bun and a beard to. You know, everybody envies his, his man <laughs> bun and beard and his height. Yeah. He's a, he's a big dude. Okay, let's look at this. 5.5.25. This looks really interesting. So we talked about, or you wrote down here, fly system caching. Mm. Uh, add support for caching without the need for a custom file system configuration. Talk to me about this. What is yeah. this here?
2: So this was a change that was brought in by Jason Varga. Uh, works with Jack McDade at Yeah, Yeah, yep. makes Statamic. That's yep. right
0: that's right
2: so he introduced this change and and the first thing that came to me or came to mind for me was that it would be useful for caching any of your temporary or signed urls that you use to access these things but i did reach out to him and he came back to me with with a great example and that is if you were to list a bunch of files on your page for example so if you had a media library and you wanted to get all of the files out and then for each file you wanted to list obviously the file name the size of that file and when it was last modified, you would be basically making one one call to get all of the files and then you would be making two more calls to the file system to get the size and then the last modified time. So in the same way that um, you know, with, with an eloquent model, you would use a, a with call eager to, sure. to eager load yeah. that information. This basically is going to do the same thing for you, but it's going to store it in cache. So instead of making one call for every API listing and then two calls for each file, when you make that first call, when you've got a cache adapter configured or a cache store configured, it will then cache all of that information in the first query. So you're not having to make a call out to the file system for every single request. On local That's disk, really it's, probably, it's probably going to be less effective than if you're making calls to S3 because obviously right. that then gives you the the overhead of a HTTP call. And if you've got you know ten files or fifty files or a hundred files on a page, we're talking you know twenty, a 200 API calls just to render that page. So this is a really great change. It's something that's been supported in Fly System under the hood, but now we're sort of bringing it up up a level into Laravel where you can more easily access it.
0: Yeah, and it looks like uh, the you can set up like the cache store uh, right in the right in the config of yep. the uh, of the uh, file system. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. Wow. that's awesome. That's awesome. I've been working a lot with these. Like So in some of the situations that I've been dealing with recently, uh, we have up to, I think in the one system, I have like seven disks, seven different disks in file right. system, which just gets crazy, crazy hairy to deal with. A lot of them are all having like I have like the same credentials across all of them. But I've wrote like a custom driver, a custom S3 driver. That's been really interesting. I was going to write a blog post up on that sometime soon. So I'll do that. Yeah. But this is this is awesome. Very, very cool. Thanks, Jason, for doing yeah. that, man. It's...
2: One, one thing that, that I did think of going back to those temporary URLs is that you can set a timeout on the cache. Make sure that your cache expiration does not exceed the timeout that you set on your temporary urls otherwise you're going to have a page with with 50 links on it and they may become stale so by the time people click on them they don't they don't actually work so that that's probably one thing to keep an eye out for
0: yeah and for anybody who maybe missed that in uh 5.4 i believe this came out where on the on the uh, So like if, if you have something like your S3 system that you're using for a file system and you have files that you're uploading that are private, but you want to temporarily allow someone to be able to download that file or something like that, you can now uh, call directly on that storage. Uh, you can call a temporary URL as a method, which will uh, sign a temporary URL for a specified amount of time and allow that user to use a secure URL to be able to access that file. Yeah so that if you've if you've not used that before or if you were not aware that that was a thing it is a thing in 54 and i actually just upgraded an installation to use 54 for that exact purpose because it's just so dang handy and it replaces so much code it was amazing to see all the red that came back when we like just when we upgraded to 54 yeah. and then swapped out that behavior and it, it replaces yeah. so much cruft yeah it looks really really clean yeah. Yep. Cool. Looks like we also added support for a year data type. So in your database you have date time, you have timestamp, and now we have the year data type, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming uh is just storing the year. Yeah. So it'll it'll
2: handle year for for those database engines that support it, and I believe it just falls back to a unsigned integer for for any of those that don't support it.
0: Gotcha. All right, what's this Whoops debug editor?
2: So I did not know this. I had seen this pop up when when the change came out uh, over the over the break that we were on. But when Whoops, when you get a Whoops exception in your local development, you can actually configure an editor. And if you're if you're running the code on a local environment, so if you're using Laravel Valet for example, when you get that mm-hmm. exception, Whoops will actually fire up your editor of choice and take you directly to where that exception occurred. So in the line of code. I'm looking at so that, that right now. Look that's at
0: incredible. It. Yeah, wow. Wow, that's so nice. Looks like we have uh, supported Emacs, uh, Idea, MacVim, Storm, Sublime, TextMate, Xdebug, and VS Code. So hmm. pretty much every single editor that I have heard people using in the last you know, five years. Yeah. So that's great. That's really great. I yeah, did not know that, that was a really handy. either. Yeah, wow, okay. Awesome. Thanks for pointing that out. Okay, support passing collections to collection accepts. What's that about? So it just ex- it just excludes those values, right? Yeah.
2: So you I used think, to did
0: you pass an array?
2: Yeah, it used to be that you'd pass an array in there, but now you can just pass the election uh, the the co- election. Jeez Louise. You can pass a collection in there and and um, eloquent will take care of translating that into a an array of keys for you.
0: Cool. Yeah. So, what you'd previously have to do, right, is if you wanted to exclude something, you would do like collection A, except, and then you'd pass in collection B, and then you would say, give me the keys, and then give me all, or something mm-hmm. like that, right? So now Correct. you can just pass in the collection, and it will automatically do the keys and all for you. Yep. So it just makes it a little bit cleaner. unintuitive, yeah. right? It would think that you could pass a collection through to a collection thing, which I can. Great. Great, great, great. All right uh in 5.5.26 the command class is now macroable. uh yeah. you can also kind of extend uh, a base command you know this is just kind of what uh we're doing this week actually
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we are we have a spot where we want to drop our migrations based on what type of what type of migration it is we have a couple different migration paths mm-hmm. so yeah you can just extend the base command class right and then kind of make your own Or the base migration class whatever you want to do and as you suggested here kind of you could also make a trait as well yeah uh, that you would reuse maybe instead of macros you want to talk about that just for a minute
2: yeah i mean we've we've got this ongoing thing i i reckon it's at least once an episode we we record that that there's a new class that's that's had the macro functionality added to it yeah and command is one specific one where i probably wouldn't macro functionality into it i (laughs) would you know, you, you have to extend a command in, you have to extend the framework's base command but I would just make, you know, a base command or I would make a trait it just helps with discoverability because you're being much more right. explicit about where that yeah, functionality yeah. is coming from we've talked about it in, in previous shows where when you when you declare macros it's not always obvious where that, that method's coming from it's not always obvious where you're storing the macros I I mean, I guess it would come down to your team or how you're writing code and, you know, if you're going to codify that, if you're going to make it sort of explicit in some kind of style guide that you would always put your macro definitions in a specific place. But I think um, in terms of discover- discoverability, just just being explicit and being able to, you know, for those of you who are using IDEs, you can click through with macros. I don't believe you can, right? If you're calling a right, macro function, correct, it, yeah. just, it just doesn't exist according to your editor even. So you lose that ability if you're going to do things that way. So... I mean, horses for courses do do whatever works best for yourself, but I I tend to avoid... I don't think I've ever written a macro. And I I mean, you know, macros are easy to copy and paste between projects, but at that point, if you're going to be reusing it, it's time to create a package, I guess, that you can pull in.
0: Yeah. This is kind of like almost... There are a couple of things that are sort of like this, where it's like macros. Uh, there are some things that I use like all the time, which are like scopes, right? Like query scopes all mm-hmm. the time. Right. But I feel like that's less of a custom thing and more of an understood thing. So like if you're looking at a model and you see a method that you don't recognize, you're going to be able to very quickly like go look at the model and see like, okay, does that exist there? And very likely it does. Right. Yeah. Unless it's like a global scope or something like that, which could Mm -hmm. also be happening. But yeah, macros in general, just a macro anywhere. Uh, It's confusing to know, like, is this a new feature that I missed or how Mm. did I, you know, where is this exactly I'm coming from? Yeah. Good point. Good point on that.
2: And a lot of it, as you say, is, is based on context, like in the context of a model, if there's a method that doesn't exist, you've you've got a pretty good guess that it's going to exist on that model anyway, that it right. would be a exactly. scope or something like that, you know, based on the yeah, context, yeah. you're reading it within the context of that. Whereas, as I said, with a macro, you don't know necessarily where that's coming from. And it, it's harder to find the definition to see exactly what it's doing, especially if you need to change it or you need to understand it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I want to take a quick pause here from Code Talk to talk about Aussie slang. Uh, because you said a moment ago, horses for courses. And horses I have no courses. idea what that means. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. So would you um, care to take a moment to explain to us uh, what horses for courses is? Yeah, it's it's basically
2: like different solutions for different things, different different So like people... more than one way
0: to more than one way to skin a cat. Have you heard that yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Horses yeah, for so... courses. I mean, it
2: it probably doesn't necessarily fit in this context. That horses for courses is <laughs> is generally different people are suited to different things. Which I mean, oh, okay. it might work. Okay.
0: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, it sounded it sounded good anyway. <laughs> it does. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it now. You do it. You do it. All right. Um, okay. There,
2: there, there is another one that I wanted to use. Maybe we'll get to it later in the show.
0: I've. Have you ever heard the phrase "You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink"? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You've heard that one before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to come up with some American. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what the word even is of these these little quips of, you know, of words together that we use. I cannot remember what they are called.
2: I tell you what I saw the other day that I thought was uh, really funny it was know. that some Sorry. American. I don't know if it was a bakery or if it, if it was a, like a market, <laughs> not market. What do you call them? Supermarket chain. Sure. Sure. Yeah came up with this thing called a puff dog have you heard about this nope no so it's a puff dog it's basically you get a like a sausage of some description and you wrap it in in puff pastry and they called it a puff dog and of course americans are like whoa look at this thing we invented and us aussies and the british and the kiwis are all sitting here going yeah that's a sausage roll (laughs) <laughs> we've had those for a while it's you've not invented anything new here
0: just rebranded it man Just yeah. rebranded it <laughs> that's the american marketing machine at work right there yeah that's exactly puff right dogs. but our sausage yep.
2: rolls are much better than your puff
0: dogs so okay okay is it like a pastry i don't understand like yeah. it's wrapped in pastry a, a yeah. hot dog wrapped in pastry yeah that sounds disgusting no nah. is it wait it's not like a sweet pastry
2: <sighs> No, no no it's a savory pastry
0: it's like a salty oh, okay, okay,
2: okay. pastry. Um, oh, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha, but I gotcha. you're, you're right. literally taking like a hot dog and, and sticking it into some pastry as opposed to us where we would have like minced meat or okay. ground meat, I guess you'd call it. So it's a little different, but it would have spices in it and things like that. Sometimes you might put other, other fillings in it as well, depending on like you can do a vegetarian one, I guess.
0: Yeah. They have, it sounds a little bit like pigs in a blanket, like a hot dog wrapped inside a pastry sort mm. of thing, right? Mm. Like there's also one in the UP of Michigan uh do you know what the up is no it's the upper peninsula of michigan okay they call them upers they're like a bunch of rednecks in michigan okay um which you would call uh what do you call rednecks in Australia? Bogans. What's the name? we
1: call them Bogans. Bogans.
0: <laughs> Bogans. <laughs> there's this pastry thing uh, i think it's called a, they call it a pasty That's what they call it a michigan meat pie a meat hand pie it's called a pasty okay.
2: a pasty yeah, yeah we got sounds, pasties Yep,
0: they're pretty good yeah it sounds like what That sounds like what you're talking about yeah yeah, uh, Maybe it's not a new thing. Maybe a pasty or pasty or whatever isn't a new thing either. It's just we stole it from you guys. Okay, like a bunch things, of Bogans yeah. moved, from Aussie, moved from Aussie land to uh, the UP <laughs> of Michigan. Okay, back to code. Here we go. Looks like in 5527, there's also... Um, So there's this, uh, there's this method on the request object called merge. So this allows you to take the input that was received in the request, and then allows you to pass a second array and do an array merge on those those together. Mm -hmm. This was not chainable. Previously, request merge didn't return the request. So you couldn't chain anything off of it afterwards. Mm -hmm. So there was a request that came in a pull request that was like, hey, let's, you know, I do request merge, and then do only after that, but I can't do that right now. So to yeah. make this chainable and now it is it's chainable yeah. now so so there's that it looks like uh they made a reverting they reverted a change uh on model get table what's that about
2: yeah so there was there was a change in the behavior where previously i think it was introduced in in 5522 where instead of doing like basically the calculation for the the class name it would return whatever was set on the class to get the table name, so if you had you know protected table posts, it would then return sure. that. But the the functionality changed to read from a method. The method, the value oh, that okay. the method read wasn't always set in the context. In some context, particularly in in tests, so the code would work until you ran your test suite, and then your test suite blew up because it was doing something a little bit different. So instead of returning oh, okay. the table name based on that that assertion, it would return null. So that's been reverted in in 5.5.27
0: that's really interesting because we're using that and we've actually had some problems with tests recently and i wonder if this is part of it because hmm. we're using that pretty extensively setting that setting that value both through the method and through the uh through the property on there okay yeah thanks for the heads up i will definitely take some look at that all right so we've then got 5.5.28 going in order here holy cow how many this is the last one 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 5.5.28, we have got anonymous notifiables because usually in, in these notifications, you pass through like the user. Yeah. Right? It's usually a notification on a user. You say like the user is a notifiable. Yeah. Right? And then you say user notify, and then you pass through what it is that you're going to notify, like a new user notification. Right? Yeah. And so with notification route, you can say, hey, I want to use mail, and this is the thing I want to send to it. And then you can say, in this case, it says notify now, which is they're saying useful for making sure a notification a notification gets sent immediately for like testing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think these are queued a lot of times, which makes sense. And it's always a good idea to queue notifications because if they fail, you want to try it again kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like if you meant to send an email, so we've talked about this a little bit before, right? If you have like, if you've queued up, to, if you have like a hundred emails to send, and you went to send them and they all failed, like on the AWS side, there's no recovering those, like the code ran and it's gone, right? You, you can't get that back really. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you queue them and they fail, then you at least get them back in your failed jobs. And if you're using Horizon, then you can just go and retry, 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 retry. And it does its magic and there you go. Uh, amazing. Yeah. So, these notifications are usually queued. So, in this case, you're notifying now, which is basically like doing dispatch right. now, which doesn't yeah. queue, it just does it right now immediately. So, it makes it synchronous as opposed to asynchronous. Beautiful. Yeah, cool. Okay, it looks like we also have um, in your tests, you have these fakes are amazing, by the way. So, like the storage fake is really cool. We've been using that recently, but if you haven't used those yet, you should definitely do that. It's really mm-hmm. cool but it looks like you have an event fake now where you can assert that an event was dispatched a number of times. Uh, So instead of just asserting that the event was dispatched, which is apparently what the previous behavior was, you can now say, hey, assert that it was dispatched three times.
2: Yeah, very handy.
0: There you go. Very handy, very handy indeed. Okay, so let's talk about Snapshooter. Thank you for sponsoring Laravel News. Again, this is the second time they've done this, and so we're really glad to have a recurring sponsor it's awesome. So Snapshooter is a service for DigitalOcean customers. And what this allows you to do is it allows you to take anywhere between hourly and daily backups of droplets and volumes. And I think last time what we said and it was a mistake is what we we made a mistake actually was that we said it was strictly for the database. And what we were corrected on is it's not just for the database, it's actually in a snapshot of the entire machine at that moment, right? So all of the code that lives on it, any of the stuff that's on the machine at all, plus the database, assuming that you're running the database on the same machine, right? So you can keep as many past backups as you want. The DigitalOcean Backup Service currently will limit you to the last four weeks of weekly backups, which hopefully you will catch it in that amount of time, right, that something has gone wrong but uh, if you don't, obviously, then you're kind of screwed. So Snapshooter allows you to have as many past backups as you want, and they allow you to set retention policies. So you can say like, hey, I wanna keep daily backups for this long, weekly backups for this long, monthly backups for this long, yearly backups for this long, so that you can kind of have a rolling window there, uh, a decent amount of coverage over a large amount of time without taking up a massive amount of storage. In addition, they also allow you to secure your backups. They never leave DigitalOcean. So they use the same storage that you have for the server. Uh, you just kind of use your same um, you know, credit card info and all that to, make, to store your backups. So that's awesome.
2: We've also got time zone support for droplets and volumes. So per droplet or volume, you can make sure that you back up your server whenever it is least busy. So if you're running a site from Australia and it's for whatever reason hosted in the US, you can make sure that your backups happen in the U.S. nighttime instead of in the Australian nighttime, where people would probably be using your site. But it is, it's easy to recover. You just restore from a snapshot, get your server back to where it was when the backup was taken, and it is great for any projects that has persistence on the server. Uh, as Jake mentioned, we did make a mistake last time, so it will still back up your database so long as it is running on that server as well. It's great for when. You host client servers. You don't have to worry about anything going missing. You don't have to worry about... I had a client personally ask me what my backup policy was. So it was nice to have ready to go to tell them, you know, we've got daily, weekly, monthly backup retention policies. There is a 14 day free trial and a 30 day money back guarantee. There is a free plan for one droplet. And thanks very much to snapshooter.io. This time around, we have a coupon code for Laravel News listeners, which is Laravel News, all one word, all lowercase and you will receive 20% off for the first 12 months.
0: Yep. So here's here's the practical. That's that's all of the like here's the bullet points of stuff that you need to know. Here's the practical side of things. If you do not have a backup solution, you really need one. Speaking as two people who work on stuff that like, you know, if you don't have backups and you lose stuff, you're going to lose your job. Right. You're in a world (laughs) of trouble. trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. You've got to have some sort of solution in place. Uh, And this is like one of those things where it never is a priority until you make the mistake of not having a backup and then you'll never make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. Um, That's happened uh, probably to both of us before. So, you know, the pricing on this is just so reasonable. There's really no reason if you're a DigitalOcean customer not to use Snapshooter. They're supporting the podcast. They're a great team. Please go check out the trial at the very least. Use the coupon code uh, News, all one word. It'd be super helpful. We really appreciate it. Thanks everybody, and thanks Snapshooter. Cool. All
2: right, so let's talk about this Chrome, Google Chrome debacle with the .dev domains that you never should have been using anyway.
0: Before we dig into this too much, let's let's specify and give some context to exactly what we're talking about. So you want to test your site that you're working on locally. So instead of giving it a .com domain on your local machine, you give it a .dev domain. And the reason why this has become really popular in the recent past is because in the previous history, of course, you'd probably just use something like localhost colon 8080, or mm-hmm. if you're using MAMP, some custom setup, you might set up a custom .com domain or something like that when you're a local host that would redirect to it. Uh, but a lot of times, it's really convenient just to use the actual domain that you would be using, and then use .dev or something like that. So. I'm working on my site it's my personal site.dev instead of .com it's just convenient to do that valet yeah. um, which has been a huge part of the laravel community for the last year or so came by default shipping with .dev as the domain that it would use anytime you linked or parked a site so a lot of the people in the community were using the .dev tld so this became a problem because chrome 63 shipped and since it's an evergreen browser it just kind of happens right it just mm-hmm. ships and now what is the case is you can't use dev TLD without also having it secured. So all of your sites that worked before without a without like a certificate, now you had to go in and do valet secure on them. And if you do valet secure and then try and do valet share, it doesn't work. Or I've had a lot of problems with that as well. Have you ever had that yeah. problem? Yeah, to... yeah, I've had it's, that it's, issue. It's as a well. mess. It's a mess. So so that's kind of the, the, the problem that we're talking about here. So why did chrome do this
2: Michael? so some time ago probably about two years ago google actually acquired the the two two tlds dot app and dev so they own these and their intention with them was to use them for their own internal development purposes so things that they're working on at google and now chrome specifically expects that stuff to have https I believe, right. according to the post on Laravel News at least, and I've, I've read it elsewhere, there is no workaround for this. And Chrome is not changing it back. It is, it is for all intents and purposes, gone. And so this is going to affect anyone that's using .dev domains and and, and that are using Google Chrome. So it still works in Firefox, but there are you know some issues with it. Who knows what Google is going to do with the domains in the future? Um, I don't know what is possible for them to do, but you could sure. run into issues if you if you continue to do that
0: so kind of like the recommendation as since this has kind of come out and i know that valet has switched to this is to use dot test as the tld for your local um you know local development the yeah. problem with that is that right now if you do dot test but you don't uh, have a trailing slash it'll send your browser to a google search yeah now it'll suggest up at the top it'll say like hey did you mean my personal site test slash you know, and if you did, then yeah. you can just click that link and it'll do that, uh, which most of the yes, time. Yes, I that's did exactly Google, and
2: meant. that is why I typed it into the, <laughs> the, 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 the Nav. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, that's right. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying, right? So you wrote down here for us, and as you said just a moment ago, there are some people have suggested to use .whip for like work in progress. But the ones, the TLDs that are in the specification that are reserved for testing are .localhost, .test, .example, or .invalid. And as you said here, like this, that if you use those, that will prevent you from being in this situation again because it's in the specification that these mm. are the ones that you must use.
2: They're so. the ones that are specifically reserved. I mean dot whip is nice, but again, there's there's no telling, you know, if uh, IANA or whoever's responsible for the TLDs that they won't just make you know, these things appear all the time. Yeah. I've, I found out the other day that there's a dot Eurovision TLD, so you dot know, whip may very well become a a fully qualified you know valid TLD in the future so I know it sucks that one extra character and the fact that you now have to put a, a trailing slash on there if you're still using Chrome but to save yourself having to go through this all over again I recommend just just sticking to the the Tlds that are reserved for this purpose
0: agreed it's uh it's just been retraining my muscle memory yeah to use that test slash so it's fine that's fine okay what else we got we got laricon online which i was laricon online is coming up it's february 7th one of my good friends tj miller who has been a guest on the show before has tj been on here before not oh, no, news, he on news i
2: don't think not on our no.
0: news no that's true he hasn't but he was on our uh north meets south meets dads and dev meets tj miller christmas podcast extravaganza yes indeed that was a good time anyway in any case um, wow Sorry about that. Was like, total, same you way. got sidetracked. You just <laughs> you landed back yeah. there
2: in this hotel, and you just your mind is
0: switched off. <laughs> uh, he's coming. He's coming down to Illinois to hang out for Lyricon Online, which is February seventh. So if you have not bought a ticket yet, I'm really sorry for you because you missed the early bird, the early bird registration, which was only thirteen dollars. And this is funny because my boss messaged me the other day and was like, "Hey, did we get those Lyricon Online tickets?" I was like, "I'm pretty sure we did." and we both checked our emails We're like nope we didn't we forgot to get them so he was like could you get those tonight i was like sure well uh as you are familiar with i got sidetracked and totally <laughs> forgot and that was january 3rd which was the last uh, day earlier <laughs> so we doubled up the price so it went from 13 to 25 so we paid you know we paid 100 bucks no big deal for four tickets totally worth it uh definitely yeah, you know what 25 to-
2: dollars even like it's twice what it was before, but realistically, it's $25. You get a full day of online conference. You'll get access to those videos pretty quickly after. They they started appearing pretty much straight after the the talks were over last year, if I recall correctly. Yep. So, you've got access to them in perpetuity in your account. So, you know, $25, Adam Wyden's talking, Steve Shogar's speaking, Taylor was speaking, Chris Fidower, Wes Boz, Jonathan Rennick sandy metz and matt stauffer some That's favorites the some, Man. some new speakers it is steve Shoger. Yeah. kudos to him he's making his first uh, this is his first presentation ever i'm i'm sure it's going to be amazing i he, he started tweeting about what he's going to talk about chris fedau has been tweeting about his talk a little bit adam wadden has has started tweeting about his as well They all look really cool i believe chris is going to be talking about the scaling laravel Steve is going to talk design tips. He's going through a, a redesign process. Adam Wadden is, is I think he was talking about doing some view component stuff.
0: Yeah, some view stuff. Yeah, I saw that today.
2: So uh, yeah, it'll be February 7th this year. So just a few weeks away now. It will be Eastern time. So for those of you who are in the upside down like me, unless you're planning on pulling an all-nighter, you can just watch those videos later on.
0: Stranger Things makes that phrase a whole lot more interesting. Those of you it in does. the upside down. It yep. certainly does. Yep. Hey, um, so yeah, if you haven't bought a ticket yet, go ahead and uh, head over to laricon.net and uh, purchase a ticket. 25 bucks is still a crazy, crazy good deal. Yeah. and You'll definitely learn a lot. So there we go.
2: And if you want to check out the quality and, and what the sort of conference looked like last year, definitely check out laricon.net forward slash 2017. All of the videos from last yeah. year are available online for free. And there is also the online Slack channel, which you can sit around and and ask questions of the speakers and, and, you know, speak with literally thousands of other people that will be taking part in this
0: online conference. Awesome. Bootstrap 4 Final Beta has been released. Have you had a chance to play around with Bootstrap 4 at all?
2: Uh, I've looked, like I've flicked through the docs, I've installed Paul Redmond's. um, what do you call it? Uh, Laravel preset,
0: preset, preset Yeah, and yep. had
2: a had a little play around with it. Uh, it looks like Bootstrap still. I do like that they've they've got a, more of a utility focus in in parts, yes, but do. I haven't looked at it in in great detail. I've sort of been tending away from Bootstrap for a while, mostly because it went stale for a long time. Yeah. Partly because everything kind of looked like Bootstrap for a long period of time there, and I started exploring other things, and then. I jumped on the Tailwind bandwagon. Let's let's be honest.
0: Yep. Yep, yep. But uh, the thing, you know, the thing that still kind of draws me back to Bootstrap is the Oh, man, and it used to be the grid. I've been using I've been using uh flexbox a lot. Hmm. Um, so it's not so attractive for that reason. I don't know, maybe it's the forms, maybe it's the inputs. It's the like forms, yeah. It's to, the commonality
2: yeah. that you can sort of jump between and it's really easy to to go in and do that kind of stuff. That is one of the I don't want to say deficiencies, but it's one of the sort of trickier bits around using a utility-focused framework is that you have to recreate that stuff yourself. Yeah. It's nice if you just want to, like, literally just want to throw something out and get it done. Bootstrap's probably yeah. still the go-to for that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that's that's kind of where we're at. You know, we don't need custom design every time we're building an internal hmm. application. So it totally makes sense to use Bootstrap. I yeah. feel like Tailwind is perfect for when you need like a blank slate, like you have a designer or a design team that you're working with to create a custom design, and that's definitely the way to go. Mm. Uh, but definitely there are uses for bootstrap. I got to play around with it the other day a little bit. The grid does seem quite a bit different, actually. Mm-hmm. It is not the same as it was. A lot of their um, utility classes around around like if something's hidden or visible based on what's the the screen width has changed quite a bit, but makes a lot more sense. So. Yeah, it's really really cool. I was excited to check it out. Uh, also, felt like I was starting over. Like I didn't know what all at all what I was yeah. doing because a lot of stuff has changed. And actually, uh, there are bre- breaking changes in this uh, beta since the since beta three was released.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's entirely possible that by the time this episode is out, that the the final sort of stable release is out is due when when we wrote about this on Laravel News, it was due in the first week or two of January. So we're we're heading into the second week of January now. So I would expect to see that you know this is the the final version of things. So if you wanted to start playing around with it now, would be a a, a pretty good time to do so.
0: Yeah. All right, so we've got a couple other uh, kind of, let's see, community announcements here. So oddly enough, Steve Shoger and Chris Vidal, two of the speakers, kind of have released a couple things that are out there for people to be using. The first one is Scaling Forge. So this is a free video course uh, provided by Chris. We've got a post out there on Laravel News. But Chris walks us through setting up a site on Forge using server optimizations and setting up a load balancer, configuring trusted proxies and a couple other things. But the videos are available on the Scaling Forge site, which is in the show notes, but it's also if you have a you have a browser handy right in front of you, serversforhackers.com slash scaling dash Laravel slash forge. So uh, Chris has actually had quite a few free videos out there that have been really, really good. Hmm. He's a great teacher. He's been a part of the community for a super long time and he's been like the go-to server guy. So servers for hackers is his deal and he's got some really great stuff on there. So thanks, Chris, for putting that out. He's also got a couple of the courses that he has that are paid. So uh, I think he has one on Docker and he, of course, uh, made uh, Vessel as well, which has been a a recent thing that he's been working on. So thanks a lot, Chris, for for doing that. What's what's Steve put out there for us, Michael?
2: So the one that Steve has put out as part of Uh, I I believe it was part of his talk for Laracon Online. He got a little carried away and ended up making a set of uh, 104 MIT-licensed SVG icons that you can use in both your professional and playful UIs, thanks to their soft edges and two-pixel stroke. Um, So uh, (laughs) each icon in the set... Is designed in a 24 by 24 pixel grid which helps them maintain a consistent visual proportion when they're sitting next to each other. So Steve is planning to add more icons to this set. Sign up, we'll put the link in the show notes, but you can sign up to his newsletter and you'll be the first to know when they have been added. But yeah, you can learn more about um I guess I don't know how much you'll talk about the icons specifically, but you'll be able to see the icons in the production app. He he tweeted about uh, his talk the other day and he was showing them off a little bit. So check out the the Heroicons UI icons and definitely make sure you pick up your Laracon online ticket so you can check out his talk in the beginning of next month.
0: Uh, he's also got a couple other things out there. So he's got Zondacons and he's also got Hero Patterns and he's also got Heroicons too, doesn't he? Mm.
2: Yeah, the Heroicons, I think, are the sort of for your marketing page type icons. They're really configurable so you can set the fill and the stroke on different parts yeah, of it so it matches really, your marketing really page and things like that yeah. the Heroicons are a paid set of icons right they were on sale i'm not sure if they're still on sale they might be if you're like yeah they are.
0: they're 50 off. well it says sorry say 50 percent off until december 25th never mind so they're not yeah
2: well i think someone tweeted to him about that he was he was saying that he had to update it but he hadn't updated it so you may or may not oh, be so lucky like, to yeah, pick like up the icons at 50 percent off yeah
0: yeah it's still 50 bucks and if you give him your email address, you can get 10 free. Yeah. So he's got some really awesome stuff. So if, if you know if that's something you could do to support Steve, that'd be great. Go buy Heroicons and then check out his other stuff. Hero Patterns, Zondicons, and then Heroicons UI. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. That's great. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up, man.
2: We, we, we had some catching up today.
0: We did. We did. It's been a while. It has been a while. Well, my friend, it's been a good episode. It's been good talking to you. I'm going to be out for a week. Of course, I won't be back until next Saturday. So we might have to record Saturday night again, mm-hmm. for our other podcasts. Sure. This is episode 52. Everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the Laravel news podcast. If you'd like show notes for this episode, you can find them at Laravel dash news.com slash podcast slash podcast. 52. Thank you again so much, Snapshooter, for sponsoring the show. If you have not already, please take a moment right now, literally right now, if you're listening on your computer, which we know a good amount of you do because we look at our stats and we know that you listen on the computer. So you can go to Snapshooter.io and use the special promo code LARAVELNEWS to get a 20% off for 12 months. Or if nothing else, go sign up for the free 14-day trial and get your money back uh, within 30 days if you aren't satisfied with the service. Like I said, like we said, there's no reason why you shouldn't give this a try. So thanks again to Snapshooter for sponsoring the show. Let's see if you like the show, please feel free to rate us up in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Five stars is always very much appreciated. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, at our personal accounts or at Laravel News. That's it. That's a wrap. That's it. Do you have any advice for me for the seeing the dude with the big ears? Uh, gee. Are you are you doing all five parks? We are doing Mad. What is it? Hold on. What's it? is it? Magic Kingdom.
2: Magic Kingdom. Animal we're doing Kingdom. Magic
0: Kingdom. Yeah, we're doing Magic Kingdom in the first two days. Animal Kingdom. The next day, they were doing Hollywood Studios, and then we're doing back to back to. Uh, magic kingdom so we're not doing epcot
2: yeah i think Um, the epcot would be a bit above your kids age i think it's more more of an adult thing okay yeah so
0: we're doing three wait is that right three of them yeah so it should be fun
2: yeah so magic kingdom hollywood studios animal kingdom i really liked animal kingdom we got rained out on we were only there for one day and we got rained out we went to see the water thing at like nine o'clock and it just bucketed down rain so if you do make it that late in the day hopefully you don't get rained out and you see that because what we did see of it was
0: really really cool um
2: yeah a lot like a lot of animal kingdom was really really cool there's like animals around the place but there's so much cool stuff there the um, i don't know graham your oldest i don't know how he does with rides but there there's a yeti a yeti ride or something there isn't actually a yeti on it but that that roller coaster was a lot of fun. That was the best ride that I went on in, in all of the parks in the five oh, days that we awesome. were there. So that's And
0: that's in an Animal Kingdom? The Yeti ride? It's an
2: Animal Kingdom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, let's check that out. So you know that, know was, that was gotten gotten a lot of fun. Out?
0: You know what I'm wishing I would have gotten out is a 3D camera. You know those like, cameras that you can just kind of like mount on a stroller or whatever, and you just go mm-hmm. around, and it just captures three-dimension. How awesome that had been, right? It would have been. you be able to like, go back and like, put on Google Cardboard, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. and...
2: well re-bought we were away over christmas and she found there's this disneyland explorer game or something like that for the xbox and it's literally like you run around they've built up the whole anaheim park not the not florida but they've built up the whole park you can run around the park you can go on on the rides and do all these different things it's super cool it's not quite like being there because it's cartoony but it's a lot of fun That
0: sounds fun Hey everybody, thanks for listening to our random ranting here. Ranting, <laughs> not ranting. Our random ramblings. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Anything else? You Got anything else for me? i
2: oh, I tell you what, it was it was we we're talking about the weather before the show. It was 42 degrees here yesterday, so about 107 Fahrenheit. Oh my god. It dropped in Adelaide, it dropped to 26 Celsius. So went from 107 to 77 overnight. In Melbourne, it was so hot that one of the freeways was melting in sections like traffic oh, wow. had to literally crawl because the tar was seeping through the road they couldn't like move quickly on it it got to the point where it was so hot Bunnings which is um like a hardware store here a chain of hardware stores in Melbourne that they had to cancel the sausage sizzle now oh no <laughs> you don't you don't cancel the sausage sizzle when you go <laughs> when you go to Bunnings what you want when you're walking around buying your hardware is a snag in a rag with some dead horse
0: (laughs) oh my gosh uh i don't even want to ask horses for horses man (laughs) a snag in a rag with dead horses is that what you said snag
2: in a rag a snag in a rag is a sausage in bread and dead horse is tomato sauce horseradish
0: is what's that tomato sauce
2: tomato sauce Dead horse tomato sauce. And the only reason it's called dead horse is because it somehow rhymes with tomato sauce.
0: <laughs> dead horse tomato sauce? I don't know. It, it, it doesn't. No, it does not
2: does not rhyme at all. But that that's basically <laughs> where it is. So that's the
0: basis. Okay.
2: Alright. Snag in a rag with some dead horse. Right,
0: I'm gonna start I'm gonna start teaching my kids to call hot dogs a snag in a rag. <laughs> They're gonna like that one.
2: Yeah, it's Australian rhyming slang, they say, but it's not. It doesn't rhyme. It's
0: it's all nonsense.
2: But we're convicts, so what do we know? That's right. That's right.
0: (laughs) Hey, man, it was good talking, as always.
2: You too. I have been looking forward to this for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, as have I. As have I. We will uh, talk to you all in two weeks. Bye, all.